0: Hello and welcome to throw This is your host, Zach. So this week we're going to be talking about a lot of the top scores. As you know, uh, last weekend there was international games, so we'll be talking about that, some World Cup qualifying, UEFA Nations League, as well as some Euro playoffs to go over, as well as top scores from the domestic leagues. We also have some fresh transfer news to talk about. So uh, let's get into it. Hey, so let's get right into the top scores from the weekend. So starting in the Bundesliga, Bayern were held to a surprise draw at home by uh, Werder Bremen. Kingsley Coleman needed to cancel out a first half strike from Maximil- Maximilian Eggstein to save the draw for Bayern. A Disappointing result for them being the home team here, but a good result for Bremen as they climb the table again. Uh, another game, Schalke 0, Wolfsburg 2. Wolfsburg continue their unbeaten start to the season. Three wins, five draws. Schalke, however, dropped down to the bottom of the table. Near the bottom, I think they're second to the bottom. A disappointing start to the season, definitely, for them so far. Leverkusen beat Armenia 2-1. Uh, Armenia's only goal was an own goal from the Leverkusen keeper, Lucas Fredeki. The ball rolls back to him, and he just misses the kick. Just doesn't follow through on the ball. Hits his foot, rolls right into the net. Uh, Leon Bailey, score of the first for Leverkusen. Dragovic, the second in the 88th to win the game. The next game from the Bundesliga, uh, Dortmund beat Hertha Berlin 5-2. Four goals from Erling Haaland in this game. The kid is just insane. All he does is score goals. Just another great performance from him. Uh, Rafael Guerrero rounding out the scoring for Dortmund. Next up, we have La Liga. Not a lot of big games from this weekend as the big teams were out playing each other. Not a lot of fixtures that really mattered. But the big story, Barcelona and Real Madrid, the two big teams, just continue to have a disappointing start to the season, not getting it done. Uh, The first game, Atletico Madrid 1, Barcelona 0. Carrasco scoring in the 45th plus third. Uh, stoppage time of the first half to give Madrid all three points against Barcelona. Another loss for so they really got to figure it out soon because they're slipping. But luckily for them, Real Madrid were also held to a draw, 1-1 against Villarreal. Mariano scoring in the second for Madrid. But uh, Moreno scoring a penalty in the 76th minute for Villarreal to get the draw and split the points. The other big game from the weekend, sevilla Vigo, Sevilla wins 4-2. Uh, They keep pressure on the top, as they've had a decent start to the season as well. Next up, let's just quickly touch on League One in France, where the only big game of the weekend was Monaco versus PSG. Uh, Two goals in this game for Volland for Monaco, as well as two goals for Mbappe. So the score is 2-2 heading into the last 10 minutes of the game, when PSG's defender, Abdou Diallo, gets a red card and gets sent off. Sesc Fabregas, legendary player for Monaco, converts the penalty, making the score 3-2 and letting Monaco take home all three points against PSG. Big result for Monaco. PSG, obvious title favorites and a good result for Monaco to stay in the fight. Now looking at Serie A, first game is Roma-Parma. Roma ran out three nothing winners in this game with a brace from Mikatarian, allowing them to take all three points. Next game is Inter Milan-Torino. Torino up two 0 in this game. And then all of a sudden, Inter turned it on. Uh, they win this game 4-2. to Two goals from Lukaku lead the comeback. Good result for Inter. Juventus-Cagliari, uh, a brace from Ronaldo, two goals, leads Juventus to an easy 2-0 win over Cagliari. A disappointing result in the next game for Atalanta, drawing 0-0 at Spezia, a newly promoted side. Atalanta, one of the best attacking teams in Europe, just didn't get anything going in this game. They actually had less of the ball than Spezia, which is a little surprising. Hopefully, they can bounce back next week. Uh, the last big game of the weekend, Fiorentina-Benevento. Benevento actually grabbing a 1-0 win in pro scoring the goal in the 52nd minute. This stops a run of four consecutive defeats from Benevento. Uh, they've actually had a decent start to the season for a club of their size, and it's good to see them picking up another win and stopping the, the bad streak they were on. And Now, finally, we get to the Premier League. So the first game of the weekend, Newcastle-Chelsea finished 2-0 to Chelsea in this game. Uh, Fernandez scoring an own goal in the 10th minute and Tammy Abraham scoring in the 65th to lock up the points for Chelsea. Another good result for them. A win you'd expect them to get though. Next game is Brighton-Aston Villa. Brighton actually surprised and take all three points in this game two to one. An early goal in the 12th from Danny Welbeck. That's right Danny Welbeck he's back scoring goals again. Ponce scores in the 47th for Aston Villa to equal it up and then Sully March scores in the 56th which end up ends up giving all three points to Brighton in this game. A late red card in the 91st for Brighton's right back, Tariq Lamptey. Kind of a big loss for their next game as he is one of their best players, having a great start to the season, linked with a big move, too. Hopefully they can hold on to him. But nonetheless, a good result for Brighton in this one. A next game, big game Spurs, Manchester City. And uh, a bit of a surprise here as Spurs actually dominate the game and win 2 0. Goals from Sun and LaCelso in this one. Terrible start to the season for City, really. Hoping to challenge for the title, instead, stuck in mid table. However, for Spurs, surprisingly good starts to the season. Look like they may be real title contenders. Uh, The next game, United-West Brom. Uh, The only goal in this one coming from a penalty in the 56 for Manchester United. Bruno the scorer, Bruno Fernandes. As usual, putting away a pen. Uh, Not a great game from either side, but United will take all three points in this one. Next up, Fulham-Everton. Fulham just always find a way to lose games, it seems. This one finishes 3-2 to Everton. Fulham scoring in the 15th and 70th minute. Everton have two from Calvert-Lewin, and then a goal from Ducore as well. Another game where Fulham missed a penalty near the end that would have given them a draw. Not the first time they've done it. Cavalero missing in this game. Uh, last week, Mitrovic missed a pen on international duty, another Fulham played it player. And before that, uh, pen was missed by Lookman in a game that would have given Fulham a draw as well. So Dropping points everywhere this season. They've got to figure out how to not do that if they want to stay in the league this year. Uh, The last game, Leeds United-Arsenal. This one finished 0-0. Nothing exciting happening. Arsenal choosing not to attack, it seems. Uh, There was a red card in the game for Pepe of Arsenal in the 51st minute for a headbutt. But aside from that, nothing really going on in this game. So, busy weekend in the Premier League. A lot of interesting results. Uh looks like Spurs are real title challengers, which I think is the the biggest surprise so far of the season. And now let's get into the transfer news from this week. So a lot to look at here. A lot of it having to do with Manchester United specifically, actually. And most of it's centered around the Premier League. So let's just jump right in. The first big rumor is that Dean Henderson, currently United's third choice goalkeeper, promising young player, spent the last two years on loan at Sheffield United in the Premier League, is looking for a loan move in January. Uh, Clubs interested right now are Leeds and Brighton, both of whom have decent goalkeepers but could use an upgrade. Uh, Henderson clearly just unsettled with the lack of playing time he's getting. Uh, De Gea has not shown to be the clear answer at number one for United, but they still haven't put any faith in Henderson to prove himself. So not surprising that he's looking for a move away there. Next big rumor also involves the United goalkeeper, uh, their current backup, Romero. Uh, he's looking to leave on a permanent deal for around $2.5 million. Uh, Any clubs could be interested in him. He's a veteran goalkeeper, a starter for Argentina currently as well. So a great player, uh, just looking to move on in his career and hopefully start somewhere. He's been the backup at United for a while. He deserves a chance to get the starting gig. Also at United, uh, more rumors, rumors that Pogba's, Pogba wants to leave. Uh, nothing shocking here. He's been disappointing from day one at United. Uh, everyone thinks he should move on, maybe he thinks he should move on, now being linked away with just a free transfer when his contract expires. I think that's probably the easiest thing for everybody to do at this point, but obviously that'd be a big loss for United financially as they paid a lot to get him. Speaking of paying a lot to get players, uh, Ansu Fati, Barcelona's young starlet, being linked with a $133 million move to Manchester United. Uh, It fell through in the last window, and I highly doubt that it would be something that would actually happen. I think Barcelona will do their best to hold on to Fatih for a while, but just an interesting prospect nonetheless. Bayern center back, Nicolas Sula, also linked with a move to Man United after he said that would be his dream. Uh, He's a great player currently, center back for Bayern, and I think he could really help shore up Man United's defense. So it'll be interesting to watch that one as it progresses. Next up, we got Sergio Aguero, looking like he's going to sign a new deal with Manchester City. Of course, Manchester City just extended the contract of their head coach, Pep Guardiola. So, hoping to get the double here and lock down Aguero to a long-term deal. Next up, we've got Arsenal in the Premier League, being linked with Hungarian attacker Dominik Szoboszlai. Uh, he's only 20, currently plays for Salzburg and Arsenal are looking to pay his release clause, which is around $23 million, but they're looking to pay it in installments. It's something they typically do. They did that with Pepe a few years ago. Uh, Arsenal like to pay the release clauses in installments to allow for some flexibility in each window so that they don't have to throw money up front at players. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. He's very young. He's only 20. He's scoring for Hungary on the international stage already, so it looks like a promising player. Uh, speaking of Arsenal and players uh, having to do with them, Olivier Giroud looking for a move away from Chelsea in January. Uh, He's become a bit of a backup there now. Uh, However, he still starts for France, which is arguably the best country in the world right now for international soccer. So Giroud looking for a move away to hopefully find a club he can start at so that he'll have a better chance of going to the next World Cup in 2022 for France. Uh, Some of the clubs linked are Inter Miami and MLS, which is David Beckham's new team. That one seems less likely because if his goal is to move to a a good club where he can start and be picked for the World Cup. I don't think MLS is really the place to go for that. Some other options include his former team, Arsenal, uh, where he would give a different attacking option and probably get more playing time, as well as Inter Milan, where he would reunite with former head coach Antonio Conte. Uh, Another rumor having to do with MLS, uh, Sporting Kansas City are looking to make Winston Reed's loan deal permanent. He's a center back on loan from West Ham United. Uh, he'd been injured for a few years, so they they loaned him to Sporting KC to try to get his fitness back up, and he's actually performed pretty well. So Sporting KC are looking to try and make that deal permanent if they can get West Ham and Reed to agree. Finally, the last bit of transfer news having to do with the Premier League, uh, Isco of Real Madrid looking for a move to the Premier League. No specific teams named as of yet, but that's an interesting development as he's a world-class player. It'd be interesting to see him in the Premier League. Uh, so that's it for the transfer news having to do with Premier League teams. Now I think it's appropriate to talk about international soccer, and let's just start with the United States, being that uh, this is America, and I am an American, so I think it's appropriate to start there. So they had two friendlies this window, uh, no competitive matches for them right now. The schedule's all messed up right now because of COVID, so this is the first games that the United States have played in about a year. So Their first game was against Wales, just a friendly again. Uh, game finished 0-0, but just an opportunity for some young players to get their debuts, uh, Gio Reyna from Dortmund, as well as Conrad de la Fuente from Barcelona, Musa from Valencia, who is still undecided as to what national team he will play for. As this is a friendly, it does not cap tie him to the United States. Uh, Musa is only 17 years old, still has the choice between the United States, England, Italy, and Ghana for which nation he wants to represent as a full national. So the United States using this as an opportunity to convince him that this is the right camp for him. Uh, overall, not a great display, not much attacking really, but again, a lot of the players had not played with each other, so this is just a chance for them to try and mesh together. Uh, interesting decision by Berhalter, the coach to play Sebastian Lecklet, a outside mid for the LA Galaxy at striker in this game, uh, and it did not pay off. He did not really get anything going, uh, not really his natural position, so you can't blame him, but interesting nonetheless that that was attempted in this game. It also made it difficult for the wingers, De La Fuente and Reyna, to really get anything into the box because there was no one to target. So not the best decision maybe in that game, but again, just a game to try and get the players back into the feel of things. Again, it's been a long time since they played. Uh, their second friendly though, however, against Panama went a little differently. Final score of that one, 6-2 to two for the United States. Uh, two goals for Fayardo of Panama in the 8th and the 79th, but... Really, this was all about the United States. Gio Reyna scoring his first international goal in only his second game in the 18th minute off of a free kick. Hit it hard and low to the bottom corner, and the goalkeeper just didn't get there in time, went right in. Uh, decent shot for Reyna to get his first goal. After that, another debutante of the window, of the international window for the United States, Biaccini, uh, scored two goals in the 22nd and the 26th both off of rebounds. Uh, It just shows that he's a poacher. He's a young striker. He's hungry to get to the ball. And it's not necessarily about scoring great goals. It's just about scoring goals. And I think that's a good thing for the United States to see that they have a player that's capable of getting in front of goal and finishing the play. Uh, Sebastian Soto, another young player making his debut, uh, striker, has the choice to play for Chile still. So again, the United States needs to convince him that they're the best option. Uh, Scored two in this game, one in the 83rd and one in the 91st. Uh, header in the 91st was a strange one as it looked like it didn't even go in. The goalkeeper didn't really move, just sort of caught wrong footed. It just went right in the near post. And the other goal to round out the scoring was in the 87th from Let Get in this game. All right, now we're fully into the international window. So, some big games in this window in South America was actually World Cup qualifying. So, there were two match days to cover down there. But we'll just start with match day three. The first game Ecuador Bolivia. Ecuador takes this one 3-2. The deciding goal, a penalty in the 88th minute scored by Carlos Grueso. A big win for Ecuador. They've started strong. And Bolivia, of course, expected not to qualify for the World Cup. Uh, they're down near the bottom of the table. But still time. This is only match day 3 out of 18. So still time for them to recover. The next game, Argentina-Paraguay. This one ended 1-1. Bit of a disappointment, I would say, for Argentina not to get all three points here. but overall. In the grand scheme of this whole qualifying cycle, not the worst result as Paraguay themselves are a pretty decent side. Uh, the next game, Colombia and Uruguay. Uruguay win this one 3-0. Goals from Cavani, Suarez, and Nunez. Colombia had a red card in the 90th minute for defender Yerimina. Uh, Colombia have not looked good in World Cup qualifying. Uh, if they continue the pace they're on right now, looking like they're going to miss out on the World Cup, which would be a shame as they have some great players. you'd really love to see in that tournament, so hopefully they can turn things around. Another side which is disappointed so far, Chile. However, they win their game against Peru 2-0 with a brace from Vidal. Uh, The last game of match day three was Brazil-Venezuela. Brazil win this one 1-0 with a goal from Firmino. Uh, Not the best result, really. Brazil did not look convincing in this game, but Venezuela has been poor so far, so Brazil need to take the three points and uh, overall they've accomplished that goal so can't be mad at them for that uh the next match day match day four uh started off ecuador colombia now this game is surprising final score six to one for ecuador uh, when i say colombia's been disappointing uh, i mean it six to one against the side that they should be beating they should be better than ecuador but ecuador always find a way to show up in these world cup qualifying tournaments they made the world Cup in 2014 uh just missed out on the last one however but They're always good in these tournaments. They always show up for competitive games. Uh, Disappointing, really, for Colombia there. They need to find a way to turn it around. They cannot be losing World Cup qualifying games by five goals. So hopefully they find a way to turn it around. But for Ecuador, really good start to the cycle so far. Uh, Next game, Venezuela-Chile. Chile, Uh, Chile again, been disappointing. They lose this one 2-1 to to Venezuela. The the deciding goal coming in the 81st minute from striker Solomon Rondon. Paraguay-Bolivia. This game ends 2-2. Disappointing result for Paraguay. They had 77% possession Sorry, in this game. Uh, they dominate the play. They dominate the ball. And they did find a way to score two goals, but they found a way to give two up to Bolivia as well. So disappointing result, but again, a point's a point, and it's a long cycle, so hopefully that'll still count. Uh, Brazil-Uruguay. Brazil wins this game 2-0. Cavani getting sent off for Uruguay. Uh, not really a big factor in the scoring. It was after the goals. Richarlison scoring in this game as well. Good to see him back on the score sheet for Brazil. The last game of the second match day of play in this window, match day four, Argentina Peru finishes 2 0 to Argentina. Uh, Nico Gonzalez and Lautaro Martinez scoring the goals for Argentina. So now taking a look at the table after four match days uh, of World Cup qualifying, again, there are 18 total in South America. The system in South America is just 10 teams, they all play each other home and away, so that he's is 18 games for each team. Uh, In South America, the top four teams qualify automatically for the World Cup. The fifth-place team plays an intercontinental playoff against a to-be-decided confederation. So it could be Africa or Europe or Asia. That's not decided yet. So currently, top of the table is Brazil with four wins from four. Argentina second with three wins and a draw. Ecuador third with three wins and a loss. Paraguay rounding out the automatic spots with a win and three draws. And currently occupying the fifth place spot is Uruguay with two wins and two losses. Following up are Chile, Colombia, Venezuela, Peru, and Bolivia. Obviously, it's early, so no one's out of it yet. But a poor start for Bolivia and Peru with only one point apiece. Whereas Brazil and Argentina look set to dominate the table. The other big international games going on in this window were the playoffs for the last spots in the European Championships, which were supposed to take place this year, but are now taking place next year in Europe. So there are four playoffs uh, between eight teams. Four teams get in. It's already been determined what groups they'll join. It's already been determined what teams will join what groups. So just for the teams to play each other and determine who gets there. So the first matchup was between Georgia and North Macedonia. Big game for both of these countries is neither of them typically qualify for any major tournaments. Uh, it goes to North Macedonia, a goal in the 56th minute from Goran Pandev, uh, national legend for them. Uh, he's, I believe he's like 37 years old now, still scoring goals for the country. Uh, that'll send them through to their first ever major tournament. So pretty impressive for North Macedonia. They're going to be competing in the Euros next year. Uh, good luck to them. The next playoff game, Hungary-Iceland. This one finishes 2-1 to one to Hungary. Uh, Gilfi Sigurdsson scored early for Iceland in the 11th minute. Uh, And that was carrying them through about most of the game. And it looked like Iceland, which many would expect to win after their strong performances in the last few major tournaments, were going to hold on in advance. However, Hungary scored in the 88th minute, equalized. And then Hungary as well scored in the 92nd minute to win this game 2-1 and send themselves through to Euro 2021. Uh, The next matchup, Serbia and Scotland. This one was actually tied 1-1 at full time uh, in these tournaments. In these playoffs, the games go to extra time and then penalties. So this game went to extra time; nothing happened. So then it goes to pens. Uh, penalties are more interesting now because with video assistant referee, they can watch to see if the goalkeepers come off the line. Uh, so that was, of course, a factor in this game. It was overall, though, was decided by a Mitrovic miss on a save by Scotland keeper David Marshall to send Scotland through to their first major tournament in 20 years. And the last game between Northern Ireland and Slovakia. Uh, Slovakia winning this game one nothing for most of the game and then scored an own goal through their center back late in the 87th minute to tie this game for Northern Ireland. This game also went to extra time, however, did not reach penalties as Slovakia were able to score in the 110th minute to book their place in Euro 2021. Now, as I said, all the groups are determined for the European Championships of 2021. So we can take a look at those groups and just see what each team's got in store so group a right now is currently consists of italy switzerland turkey and wales uh just for my own personal predictions i'll give a prediction for each group based on where i think each team will finish remember in this tournament each team only plays each other team once so there are three games the top two teams advance automatically the third place team has a chance to advance as there are six groups and the top four third place teams will advance so for group a again italy switzerland turkey wales my personal prediction is Italy top, Switzerland second, Wales third, and Turkey fourth. For Group B, I expect Belgium to win this group, Denmark to come second, Russia to come third, Finland to round out the group in fourth. Group C, the Netherlands, I think, should easily win this group with Ukraine coming second, Austria third, and North Macedonia. Although I am happy they finally made a tournament, I do not think they have enough to get any points out of this realistically and will come last in their group. Group D, I believe England will be able to win this group with Croatia coming in second. That's a toss-up really at the top of the group, but I'm giving the edge to England here. Uh, third, the Czech Republic and Scotland rounding out the group in fourth. Group E, I have Spain top with Poland second. Again, that's a toss-up at the top as Poland is really good in tournaments. Sweden third and Slovakia at the bottom. And then in group F, the group of death for this tournament, an incredibly difficult group. I have France, Germany, Germany, Portugal and Hungary in that order right now. But again, that's, that's a toss up between any of France, Germany and Portugal. Any two of them can finish top. I assume the team that comes in third will be good enough qualify as well. Uh, Remember in the last year, Portugal drew all three of their group stage games, finished third in their group and went on to win the tournament. So really it's anybody's tournament at that point. But uh, those are just my personal predictions and what I think will happen in the tournament. While well, those European teams were playing in playoffs, the rest of Europe, as well as those teams after those games, joined uh, the UEFA Nations League, which is sort of a league structure for international play. So there are multiple divisions, multiple levels. Teams can move up and down through those levels. At the end of the group stage play, the top four teams in Group A go to the final, which is yet to happen. But group stage play has concluded on the last two match days, five and six, which occurred over this last international window. So just quickly, we'll take a look at some of the big games from those match days, starting with match day five: Germany-Ukraine. Germany wins this game three to one, uh, which gives them a chance still at topping their group at this point. Uh, France-Portugal. This was basically for the group. and Golo Kanté scoring the only goal, giving France a one-nothing win in this game. Switzerland-Spain. This game finished one-one. Spain actually missed two penalties, two saves from Switzerland goalie Jan Sommer. Uh, however, a Red card for center back Nico Elvedi in the 79th proved costly as Gerard Moreno equalized for Spain in the 89th minute. Uh, another big game, Sweden-Croatia. Sweden wins this one 2-1 to one to stave off relegation because this is a league structure, so you can be relegated. Sweden currently in Nations League A, uh, trying not to finish bottom of their group here, which they get a much-needed result against Croatia uh, with a goal from Kulijewski to start off the scoring. Next game, that's a, a next big game, really, that mattered, uh, Bulgaria-Finland. Finland take this one 2-1. to goals from Puki and Robin Lodd uh, offset a penalty from Iliev in the 68th to give them all three points, to uh, give them hope of advancing to Nations League A. Uh, Wales beat Ireland 1-0 with a goal from David Brooks uh, to keep them fighting with Finland, who are in their group, to try and get promotion, because the way this works is the top team in every group Gets promotion to the next league, unless you are in Group A, which is the best teams, where they go directly to the final. Uh, Turkey, Russia, another big game. Turkey actually win this game three-two, and Turkey's had a disappointing Nations League, so it's good for them to get three points. Overall, didn't matter much in the grand scheme. Uh, another big game: Netherlands, Bosnia. Netherlands win this one three-to-one. Uh, two goals from Wijnaldum enough to send the Netherlands through in this game. Italy-Poland, big game at the top of their group. Uh, Italy win 2-0. Uh, Jorginho with a penalty and Barardi scoring in the 83rd, where Poland had a red card in the 77th. Another game, Denmark-Iceland. Eriksen scores two pens to see uh, just to see Denmark Sorry, beat Iceland 2-1 in this game, which was enough for all three points. And the last big game of match day five, Belgium-England. Belgium win this one 2-0. Goals from Tielemans and Mertens in this one. Then getting into match day six, where the games really mattered, this determined final standings around the Nations League. So in League A, France-Sweden, Sweden needing a result to avoid relegation, lose this game 4-2 to France, two goals from Giroud, and as well as a goal from Prevard and Coman, enough to see France through. They will win their group and they will head to the finals of the Nations League. The next game, the next big game, a shock really to everyone, Spain-Germany. This game finishes 6-0 to Spain. This will see Spain top their group and head directly to the Nations League Finals. Goals from Morata, a hat-trick from Ferranturas, a goal from Rodri, and as well one more from Oriazabal. Enough to see Spain win this game, 6 nothing. Huge shock for Germany. Their head coach is in hot water after this one. Uh, another big game. Uh Armenia, North Macedonia. Armenia win this one 1-0. Uh, an interesting result just because of what it does for relegation in the Nations League, not necessarily because of the status of the teams. Another big game here on match day six, Wales-Finland. This one determined who got out of this group and who would be in the niche in Nations League A for next year. And this one goes to Wales three to one. A red card in the 12th minute for Urinen of Finland really proves costly in this game. As Harry Wilson, Daniel James, and Kiefer Moore score the goals for Wales, Timu Pukki scoring for Finland, but it wasn't enough. Wales will win this group and be in Nations League A next year. Another game of significant importance: Poland and Netherlands. The Netherlands actually win this game, two to one, with a late goal from Wijnaldum in the 84th to send them home with three points. England Iceland ended up being inconsequential, but it could have had it could have mattered as it was before the other game in their group. England win 4-0 over Iceland. However, it didn't matter because of the result of Belgium-Denmark, where Belgium won the game 4-2, and they went through to the Nations League Finals. And taking a look now at the final standings of the Nations League, the teams advancing to the finals are Italy, Belgium, Spain, and France. Teams relegated out of Nations League A, Sweden, Switzerland, Iceland, and Bosnia. Uh, There was a lot of movement down at the bottom part of the Nations League as there are four levels of play here. But really, those are not as significant as Nations League A, where the best teams in Europe play. And you can only get through to the finals through Nations League A. So those are the games that mattered. A lot of interesting stuff going on in this international window in Europe. Uh, The Nations League concluding, as I said, with the final will be coming up. Uh, So that pretty much covers that section of international soccer. Now, I think it's important to, to cover one game outside of the top five leagues just to show what's going on. I know we like to focus on the top five leagues as they are the most significant. But I think it's important to throw in a game from one of Europe's other leagues. Uh, there are still many good teams out there that compete in the Champions League and Europa League. So it's important to look at them. The game I've chosen to look at this week, Ajax-Heracles in the Eredivis, which is Netherlands' top division. Ajax, obviously one of the better teams in the world, uh, reaching a Champions League semifinal a couple of years back. Uh, this one finished 5 nothing to Ajax. Not about the competitive nature of the game, but just thought it was a good opportunity to take a look at Ajax and some of the young players they have. The scores in this game, Lucina, Lucina Traore, David Neres, Zachariah Labiad, he had two, and Dusan Tadic. I think Ajax is a, a club that's on the rise, up and coming, and i like to see them make some moves in Europe over the next couple of years like they did a few years back now a storied club and just good to see them winning games. Good to see them on the climb with a lot of young players, but just thought I'd mention them. Find it that that it's important to throw in a team that's not necessarily playing in the most competitive league, but that is competitive on the international stage. All right, well, that does it for this week's episode of throw-ins. I've been your host, Zach. I'll make sure to check back next week as we'll start talking a little bit more about club soccer. This week was a little different because of the international window. So definitely more of a focus on club soccer. Uh, But thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you next week.